first time I've gotten a chance to talk to Cheryl since we recorded a show at the Final Four. That was on the Saturday before the championship game. So before we get to the draft, the trade, the Wolves, everything else that's going on around the WNBA, let's just start with that. Uh, got to see South Carolina with just a, a great Final Four performance, a great championship game performance. Uh, they came out and they kind of blitzed UConn right away, just as they did to, you know in the semifinal. And it's heartening to me to see Don Staley, you know, win a championship. Somebody else pointed this out to me in our little media area that, you know, Don, they lost by like a point last year. And the previous year, they probably had the best team in the country and COVID shut down the season. They, they very well could be on a roll, roll of two or three straight championships. That's what she's built down there. Yeah. No, it's, it's obviously, um, I, I think if you followed South Carolina at all, this is, this is, um, sort of been in the making in terms of everything that Dawn worked for when she went to South Carolina and what she's, she's built with regard to that fan base. I mean, it's really incredible. And, um, you know, and, and as you mentioned, uh, South Carolina and Oregon before the, the COVID uh, business hit, you know, that, that was, those were two really good teams at that time with Sabrina Neskew running it. And, um, you know, that, I think that was going to be probably the most anticipated final if they both were able to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of how they played, uh, their defense was, uh, I don't know where it stands historically, but my goodness, um, very difficult to play against. Uh, those were some, some good teams that didn't look so good offensively. Uh, you know, Louisville probably did, it was probably a little bit more like South Carolina that they hung their hat on their, on their defense and their ability to turn you over, um, and, and so when Louisville wasn't able to score, and I, I thought that uh, I watched on Staley's team, you know, throughout most of the season, uh, was there at the SEC tournament. Uh, and I told her this, I thought her preparation for the final four was exemplary. Like uh, she put in a couple tweaks to the offense. There were some actions that, that led to the baskets. And that's, those are things that I think about in playoffs that you have to find, you know, six or eight points somewhere. Uh, and so it could be you put in a new set. If you can get, you know, two or four points off that, you put in a new baseline of bounds or you just try to find an edge. And, and I thought that uh, she did that really well uh, because, you know, we knew, and I think it was talked about a lot, that if they could just improve their offense a little bit, they were going to be very difficult to beat. And and I thought they did that. And obviously in the championship game, Destiny Henderson goes and has a career game. Uh, you and I talked about that, Jim, that it yep. was not going to be Aaliyah Boston. <laughs> you know, it was going to be someone else. And, and that's the team that was going to win. And, and UConn didn't get it from anybody. And South Carolina did. So uh, I'm, I'm obviously really happy for Dawn. I thought the, the Final Four itself and the, uh, the, the show, if you will, that Minneapolis put on and, and um, you know, the games, the, the turnout, the environment, uh, just, you know, stuff that we were really proud of and uh, still kind of hung over from, so to speak, you know, we just, we just did a lot and it was, it was fun showing off our city and, uh, and, and all the great ways that we support women's sports and uh, the collaboration. There was a lot that went into it and I, I was super proud. I really liked the, uh, the red cart treatment of the the teams too, with the pep bands outside, yeah. just gave the the whole thing a great vibe. The fact that, you know, your team, your team USA team people were walking around, silly fouls was at the game. It just gave it, you know, it gave it the feeling that you get when you go to most big sporting events. That this is this is the place everybody wants to be. That's right, and it, and it was, you know, it was definitely the epicenter of women's basketball for those, you know, four or five days. And you know, it's always great catching up with people and seeing people and hosting. And 
you know, advising on restaurants. I just think our city has so much to offer. I found myself going, wait, and there's this one too, you know, like there's, you know, so much to do. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, um, like you said, fun. And, and I think people just enjoyed being here. I thought the attention to detail by the local organizing committee and, uh, you know, the Minnesota sports and events like it just, you know, Wendy Blackshaw should just be so happy. I'm sure she's hopefully somewhere relaxing and, Kind of decompressing because those that was years in the making, and I thought they they they, they pulled it off. Yeah, I hope it comes back soon uh, because I do think Minneapolis does these things well, and this is a perfect event for downtown Minneapolis. And the other thing I want to bring up is that you know not only has Dawn Staley built a great basketball program, which you know given that she's Dawn Staley is not that surprising. Also, the the fan base she's uh, built, and as she talked about, it, it's a very diverse fan base, and she lets the fan base in, and she lets the local media in. She does. Uh, I, I just everything. I think everything she does with that program is exemplary. It, it is, and and you know, again, I I'm, I follow uh, Dawn on social media, and, and I and I read uh, her posts, and um, she's just very engaging. And, and you feel connected and that's what it is all that's what it's all about in developing a fan base is a connection if you feel a connection to the coach a connection to uh, a player um, you know where it could be a reserve player maybe you worked a camp and uh, somebody's daughter you know like you just made them feel like a million bucks uh, there's all different ways you can connect and and you have to be willing to give of yourself and and dawn gives of herself in so many ways that frankly, I would find difficult to do because uh, I don't feel like I have the capacity <laughs> to do it, uh, you know, to handle so much. And, and, you know, for her to be so thoughtful in the ways that she communicates with her fan base and rewards them uh, for their participation, you know, various things that, that she um, partakes in. And, and, and then, you know, like you said, it's a diverse fan base. Um, you know, it's, it's in the South and, uh, you know, South is where there's a little more blowback on um, criminal justice, social justice issues, and uh, their positions on those. And, and so Dawn has uh, used her voice, uh, you know, versus opposition in a way to engage in dialogue and thoughtful. And, uh, and ultimately, sometimes you have to agree to disagree. Um, but uh, there's a there's there's a lot to that fan base and and you know Dawn lets everyone in and and uh, I just think it's been really impressive. No doubt about it. Let's get to your team. This is the Cheryl Reeve Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. You can go to TalkNorth.com, see all the shows and all the archives of shows. Best way to listen, we think, is subscribe to your podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Thanks to our many sponsors who support the show: Rudy Luther Toyota, Realtor Cara Quinn, Successful Marketing Group. AllEnergySolar.com and TSR Injury Law. Uh, so you're, you ended up making a trade before the draft. I, you know, I, I would, I could not have predicted exactly what you're going to do, but I did. I wasn't surprised you made a trade. It just feels like with your roster right now, uh, it would just be really hard for some. It's, you know, it's hard for anybody you draft, even at you know, number eight, to make this roster, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we definitely made our decisions in free agency about um, what we thought. Uh, would be our best team. And so each, each offseason, you weigh that. You weigh, you look at your class of free agents, you look at your, your uh, draft class, and you go, okay, what do we need? Where are we? And so we just, we kind of you know, put everything all together in a pot. And, you know, we, we said that this was um, you know, a direction that we chose, which was free agency, um, whether it's you know, obviously resigning still would, would be a no brainer. Um, but, you know, decisions around Angel, Lasia, Rachel, um, and then obviously the players that we have under contract, yes, uh, having four draft picks 
uh, was going to make it a challenge. And, you know, those are, those are some of your, your best assets. And, um, we, you know, we tried for the better part of the off season to, to package, uh, a few of our assets that we felt like were, you know, had some value and, 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 uh, it, all it takes is finding the right, the right trade partner. And, you know, sometimes when you, uh, you know, you work all off season, maybe you talk to people and you have things going and you can't quite find the right deal. Uh, those are the ones that never happen. Uh, when I tell you that, uh, you know, a conversation, and I think the the hard part about Vegas was that there, there wasn't necessarily, you know, Natalie Williams as a general manager was not in place until, uh, a few days before the draft. Um, you know, the, the transition, you know, Becky didn't want to be the GM, uh, you know, and so they, the president, Nikki Vargas, who was doing a lot of ESPN games, uh, how do you navigate all that? And, and, and frankly, just, we just weren't, you know, there weren't a lot of discussions and I thought we'd be a good trade partner. Uh, but it wasn't until they kind of got, you know, where they were fully focused on the task at hand and they had their people in place, uh, that we were able to have a very quick, concise conversation that's a team that needed players. We're a team that doesn't need players. <laughs> so let's figure this out. And, you know, um, a lot of times people can't get deals done because they have to win the trade all the time. Um, and, and sometimes you just got to go, okay, like I get maybe, uh, you know, value here, maybe a little bit different. Um, you know, our second round pick when you're 13, you know, you're not going to be do any better than 13. So, you know, but you have to weigh that against what happens if you keep the picks. And so when it's all said and done, I thought we were terrific trade partners and they're going to be in the same boat as we are in currently next year. So that'll be Las Vegas situation. So um, that's what trades are all about. And as I mentioned to Natalie, you know, I hope that the trade is great for both of us and, and we hope we see each other in the finals. And hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's always the mission. And, and do you look a year out? Do you have any idea who you could end up targeting or wanting out of, of next course. year's draft? Or you, yeah, okay. I should get so, fired so you, if I don't. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> well, well, who's going to be there? <laughs> well, I'm not going to go that far, but what I'm going to tell you is that we um, we are out a few draft classes, and so we have those boards in the room. And yep. so, um, you know, in the off season, we have to project what you think is going to be there in the mock draft before we made the trade. We had to make sure um, we made the trade prior to the draft um, and that that comes with some risk and, uh, you know, because you don't know who, quote, could fall. And so, you know, we, we vetted the whole thing and we, we compared it to a draft class that is widely considered to be uh, a little deeper. Um, you know, we say that every year, next year's draft class. That's, it's like the joke that we always say next year's mm -hmm. draft class is going to be, you know, that's just, I don't know, whatever reason is we do that. But, um, but I, I do think in terms of the trend for the draft and the players coming out, these next few drafts, particularly at the top of the draft is, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting for whoever, whoever, um, you know, has the chance to, you know, maybe be a lottery pick. And, uh, you know, we just, you know, you just, you have assets and draft capital is a very big asset. And, uh, even if you're, you know, if, if you're no higher than eight, which is what we were this year, if, if that's, it's still, that's going to be a, a good pick. And so we'll have two picks in the first round. And, uh, you know, we, we looked at the names there and possibilities. And we also looked at the free agent, potential free agent class next year. And again, same thing. You just look out a little bit and you, you just kind of make your decisions from there. And, you know, we were pretty comfortable making that trade. You're just going to save up 20 draft picks over the next three drafts and trade up to get Beckers. We all know it's going to happen, so you might as well just admit it. <laughs> is that all it's going to take is 20? Uh, okay, 25. 
We'll figure something out. Okay. We'll make it happen. I I told Glenn, I said, Glenn, I apologize to you in advance because you're or Ethan, you guys aren't gonna be able to go anywhere without hearing, you know, you better do everything you can to, you know, to, to get this great player. Um, and you know, Oh, by the way, that great player is probably wanted by whoever, (laughs) whoever ends up with the, with the number one pick. And so you have to have a willing trade partner. Uh, you might be able to offer the entire franchise, you know, um, I would stop at, uh, offering my child. Um, but then, you know, like it still isn't going to happen, you know, because people want uh, a great player and it's, it's been awfully hard to pull off those kinds of trades. And, um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and let the chips fall where they might, if it's our time and it's going to happen, great. And if it's not, then, you know, we'll we'll just uh, we'll just do the best we can and, and welcome whoever into into Target Center and uh, see what we can do. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many things we can say <laughs> that we can't really say. Uh, hey, we, we want to thank our, our producer Brandon Morton. Also, want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle. Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Also want to thank my realtor, Cara Quinn. We're still slugging it out, trying to get our house deal put together, and uh, she's been a godsend. I just, uh, you know, I've worked with other realtors in the past. I'm old. I've been lived in different houses. She's the only person I've just, like, been comfortable just texting, and, and my wife texts her, and she just always responds anytime, day or night. She's fantastic. She's probably sick of me, but that's, you know, a common thing. Uh, so CaraQuinnRealtor.com, Vibe Realty. Just Google Cara Quinn, C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N. You will end up with a great realtor who knows this market like nobody else. Uh, thanks to our friend Lori Ramsey from Successful Marketing Group. She always puts on the winter wear drive that we uh, we work with and does a great job at successful, SuccessfulMarketingGroup.com, especially if you're a medium or a smaller business and wants really personal service. And as far as all energy solar, uh, do high utility bills have you seeing red? See green instead with solar power and net metering. With net metering, extra energy generated by your solar panels is sent back to the energy grid in exchange for credit on your electricity bill. Those credits pay for your energy use on days when solar production is low or your electricity use is high. If you want to learn more about that, go to allenergysolar.com. And TSR Injury Law, sponsoring everything across the platform, it feels like. Uh, Steve Terry's a friend, and we appreciate him sponsoring this show. 612-TSR-TIME is all you need to know. If you're injured, 612-TSR-TIME. You'll never pay unless they win your case. Obviously, you're going to carry Nafisa Collier on your roster. Any, any more insight into whether she could actually play this year? Um, I just know that um, we, we've said this, you know, however many times, you know, there, there's the pregnancy part that I think any of us that have been down the road are familiar with it at all. Uh, you know, we are not in control. As I told Fee, I said, you're going mm-hmm. to learn very quickly. You can plan all you want to, but you are no longer in control. And we, we just want her to have a healthy pregnancy, focus on that. And then once, once we have a more um, definitive idea how is she feeling post-pregnancy? As we know, uh, women can go through very difficult times. You know, there's postpartum mm-hmm. and there's, there's a lot of considerations there. 
so that's why I'm, I'm I'm very cautious about any suggestion of a return that would be premature. I can tell you what Fee would like to do, much like I used to talk about Odyssey. I can tell you what Odyssey would like to do. Uh, Fee would like to play uh, with Syl in, in her last season. And um, you know, if what that is a goal of hers, if the pregnancy goes well and she's capable, then we'll see her. And, and obviously, um, you know, it, it might be a case that, you know, as when you become a new mother, you, you, you might go, you know what, I want time with this little one right now before I do anything else. And um, every person is different and, you know, whatever, whatever direction it goes, obviously we, we fully support. We haven't really talked much about Brittany Griner. I think the last few times we talked to WNBA people are just being very cautious about saying anything publicly. Now we have heard, you know, WNBA figures and players, you know, expressing support and concern. Any, anything you'd like to share at this moment? Well, I think, you know, what we can do, um, you know, as we know, it's difficult, uh, you know, diplomacy, et cetera. Um, I have a lot of confidence in that it's at the highest levels of government. And I know that people are working on this daily. And, you know, first I, you know, would probably should start with, um, you know, we, we, um, for her family, uh, for, you know, her friends, for her teammates, for her sisters in the WNBA. I mean, we're all, you know, obviously she's on our hearts every single day and we're, you know, we're just hoping for the very best and the, the quickest, safest return is what, you know, all of our thoughts are towards as we let others, um, that are, that are able to, uh, influence the situation do the best that they can. And um, I think that uh, we can do things in her honor, uh, things that she would have been doing. I, I think there was some, um, you know, Brianna Stewart supported. Uh, I think that some of the franchises are uh, going to, to be uh, amplifying her heart and soul uh, shoe program that, that she does for, for homeless. Uh, so there's, there are ways, you know, when someone's away from us, as we await their return, the things that we can do is do what they would be doing if they were here with us right now. Uh, and so that's what I think we've turned our attention to. Good. Well said. Uh, yeah. Best wishes. I, I don't know how, anything I can add to that. Um, well, let's turn to a completely different kind of subject. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves have extended Chris Finch. Then they go to a play-in game against, by the way, a very tough play-in opponent. The Clippers are good. They're really well coached. They've been playing really well. Paul George was on fire. They find a way to come back and win that game. They go nuts. Uh, and I know some people don't like the celebration or whatever. I think given uh, what this franchise has been through, uh, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, and I was there uh, in, in the – I, I just, you just love a playoff atmosphere, right? Yeah. Whether it's the WNBA, you know, I had a different seat, um, you know, than like being in target center. I, many times I paused and I thought, is this what it's like to be at our playoff games? Like, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, and obviously the, um, I, I'm a huge fan, you know, of coach Finch and the staff and, uh, the things that they have done with this team. I've, I've enjoyed, uh, the players on this team, as we've been around the facility together, and so to see them find success, I, I, I go back to their first day of training camp, and I, I told uh, actually Josh Okogie this uh, recently that there was a vibe, uh, but it would be typical to, for there to be a vibe in the beginning of training camp on the first day around the league. Everyone's excited, right? Because it's the first day of training camp and it's the newness, and everyone you know is going to reach all of their goals on day one. And I've seen that vibe before um, in our facility on, on the Wolves side and, and, and to only see it be, uh, you know, sort of, um, you know, kind of uh, it start to like, like if you figure a piece of, you know, some thread and just start to 
like fray a little bit when you get through hard times. And we say it in, in the WNBA, everybody's fine when you don't win or lose a game. Everybody's fine when there's no playing time issues. Everyone's fine when there's no, um, somebody's getting more media attention than the other, whatever it is. And so what I just, you know, there were just points during the season that I, I kind of looked at and I go, okay, like they're still, they're still here. They're still doing these things despite some of the ups and downs, despite, you know, the, the, the breakout of COVID that they had. Uh, just, just different things. This, this group has shown uh, how special they are. And then we saw all of it come together in a very difficult game. LA is the Clippers are uh, incredibly physical at the rim. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're long. And, and like you said, they're well coached. They cover ground. Uh, The first half, you know, we, we didn't get our customary ball movement that I think is kind of the identity of a Chris Finch offense uh, where, you know, you're, you're making multiple passes and decisions and and driving. And uh, we were pretty stagnant and, and we weren't getting the movement. And I thought in the third, I thought Pat, Pat Bev was, was a big part of it. He just picked up his pace. He got by people. He got into the paint, and he got people open shots, and he just, just started you know, getting us to play a little bit. And as you know, when Cat wasn't out there, that those things happened. Um, and, and that's you know, not an indictment of Cat. It was just a little more uh, stagnant trying to get him the ball, and they were loading up and guarding him. And, and uh, you know, the officiating, is, it's never as bad as it seems. You know, I was um, – you know, there were, there were a few calls, but I know every call that was made target center wasn't happy with, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cats fouls, I'll be really honest with you. They, I always tell our players, you know, like, like I didn't foul. Well, it looked like a foul. That's yeah. all that has to happen yep. or a travel. Well, it looked like a travel, you know, you can't put yourself in those situations. And, you know, and that's, uh, you know, the folks I was sitting around, that's what we were talking about. And they're like, you know, but that, that, I said, well, let's not even talk about whether it was a foul or not. Why did he do it? Just right. get back. Right. You know, things like that. And so you just feel bad, you know, because certainly Cat wants to play great. But the great news was that we had to overcome a lot of things, you know, a deficit for, you know, like the, like the entire first half. And then you get third quarter, you kind of I started feeling like, shit, I don't know if it's our night. Like, we're just not getting it going. And uh, just the toughness uh, that, that we played with and the resiliency. And uh, and like, you know, Coach Finch said, you know, he just appreciated the passion. And Yeah. I mean, that was fun. Yeah. And, uh, and who cares what people think about our celebration? I, sh- I sure should. I don't give a shit what Charles Barkley says, you know, like I, I'm not like, that is not a guy that I'm going to take two seconds to consider. How does he feel about us? Uh, let us have our moment. People don't understand. And, uh, let's just go make some, you know, keep, keep doing our thing. And let's, let's, uh, you know, let, let's get this Memphis series. And we're all excited to, uh, to, to take part in that and have playoff basketball in the, in Minneapolis in April. I think it's been a hell of a series, too. I think it's a great matchup. I agree. Uh, Memphis is really well coached. They're really good, a good rebounding team, but they're not, you know, they're not out of, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Wolves win this thing. We've played well against them. Yep. And, you know, it's, it is a great matchup. And I, I think, uh, I think Carl will, will play well. I think it's, it looks yep, a little much different better for matchup. him in this game. Yes. Yeah, no doubt yes. about it. So we, I'm we excited also, for him. We talked about all that and Charles Barkley on the John Krasinski show. I also talked about some of the stuff on my show, Blocked and Muted. Uh, TSR's Steve Terry was my guest on that show because he was sitting. He had a better seat than Cheryl Reeve, Mark Laurie, and Alex Rodriguez. And he, his buddy, uh, his partner, got in an argument with an official that actually the official argued back at him. So we got into that. That's a fun show. Also, one personal note, uh, my band, The Bar Chords, is going to play Saturday night 
at the Eagles Club, South Minneapolis, 2507 East 25th Street. Three bands are playing. We're the middle band. If you can make it out, great. That'd be great. Fun. Uh, otherwise, let's uh, once again thank Rudy Luther Toyota, Cara Quinn, Successful Marketing Group, All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com, and TSR Injury Law. And uh, Cheryl, why don't you send us off with a final thought on anything you like? Oh, well, it's go time. Training camp starts this Sunday. So we're we're excited. I, you know, I know we're excited uh, with the Wolves season. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're both going to be in the facility. We've always wanted this crossover of Wolves playoffs and hopefully Lynx playoffs and, and all that good stuff on the other end. This is what we've always wanted for, for both franchises. So we get started on Sunday. We'll be hard at work. Uh, we'll have our, our roster of 15. And uh, yeah, we're all excited. We, you know, we've been having staff meetings and, and, uh, and it, there's always this, the, the joy of a beginning uh, and for Sylvia Fowles, uh, the, 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 her very last time that she will um, have the start of training camp. <laughs> so yeah, we're 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 uh, yeah we're we're excited to get going. Yeah, great time to be a basketball. Excuse me, great time to be a basketball fan in Minneapolis, and a great time for Minneapolis. I think uh, also your team and the uh, Wolves playoff run. It's kind of enlivening the city along with the Final Four. Uh, basketball means a lot to cities. And uh, we're, we're reaping the benefits right now. 